Okay, we're doing now Monday's portion of Vayigash. This is a very, very climactic moment when we have that Joseph, that Yosef set up an entire situation to put his brothers to the test, to give them an opportunity to truly express their complete and absolute repentance for what they had done 22 years earlier in the selling of Joseph, in the selling of Yosef. We have the situation where he's creating a lot of potential resentment for his favorite treatment of Benjamin and Binyamin. And then a very easy way for them to get rid of Binyamin. And now what are they going to do? And they completely, completely express their absolute repentance, their absolute sincere a leaving of anything they had done wrong before because they all are now going back. They went back to Mr. Ayim. They go back to do whatever they can to save Binyamin. And specifically, Yehuda, Judah, of course, is the future ancestor of the kings of David and ultimately the line of Mashiach, is the one here fighting Joseph for Binyamin, which, of course, is really very symbolic ultimately of the two nations that the Jewish people would divide into, the kingdom of Yehuda, led by the kings of David, and the kingdom of Israel, whose first leader was a descendant of Yosef. And ultimately, of course, this is also symbolic of Mashiach, that we know there's a Mashiach who descends from Yosef as a precursor of the ultimate Mashiach that descends from Yehuda. So there's a lot of levels of symbolism here this did play out in the physical plane, and there's a lot of depth to the dynamics going on here that would have ripple effects ultimately for eternity in Yehuda's winning over in his fearless confrontation to this all-powerful leader of Egypt really expresses the Jew who almost irrationally, fearlessly is confronting any challenge to, to God's will and ignoring whatever nature would say and what, how nature would say you have to work around and work with the world. Judah stands up, defies the leader, and wins. So we're here in Monday's portion. So we're in chapter 44. We're up to verse 31. And we have here again Judah, Yehuda, supplicating, arguing and supplicating with the ruler of Egypt for his brother. And he's saying now that, that he has to he has to take him instead of Binyamin because of the impact we'll have on their father. It will happen when he sees that the youth is gone, he will die, and your servants will have brought down the old age of your servant our father in sorrow to the grave. Rashi means that explains to mean why is Jacob, why is Jacob going to die when he sees Binyamin is gone? Literally from grief. Literally from the enormity of the pain, this will cause his father to die because it's not only Binyamin's grief that now he would feel, but the loss of his mother, Rachel, Rachel and his brother, Joseph, Yosef, and now Binyamin, all three of them, now I'll be compounded because until now with Binyamin he's comforted for Rachel he's comforted for Yosef now he'll feel the pain of the loss of all three and it would just be too much and now he's explaining why there's 
another nine brothers. Why am I the one arguing? Why am I the one? Of course, as I explained before, this is very symbolic of Yehuda as the ultimate kings of the Jewish people, the ultimate Mashiach, the Messiah energy. But here on the physical plane, there was a reason as well, which of course is because of his powers and his greatness, which is why he took this on himself. So as he explains, because your servant took responsibility for the youth for my father's saying, if I do not bring him to you, then I will have sinned to my father for all time. Which means that I took upon myself to be banished in this world and the world to come if the Yemen doesn't come back. And that's why I have a different depth of responsibility than any of the other brothers. Now please let your servant remain in place of the youth as a servant to my Lord and let the youth go up with his brothers. Or how can... What Rashi explains means uh, you're winning. It's a great deal for you. I'm better than Benjamin in every way. I'm stronger. I'm better at fighting who for the wars. I can serve in a more dignified manner, serving the king. In, in every way you would ever want to use Benjamin, I'm superior. So let him go, and I'll become your slave. Which, of course, is the ultimate expression of, of the penitence of all the brothers. How can I go up to my father if the youth is not with me, lest I see the evil I'll befall my father? So here, Joseph at this point sees the absolute depth of the penitence of the brothers, which was his point. He was really in his kindness for his brothers, creating this opportunity for the brothers to do this. In other words, one could truly ask when, of course, all the time, when Joseph was a slave and in prison, there was nothing he could do. But already nine years before, once he became the king of Egypt, why didn't he then reach out to his father? And he understood that this was all part of God's plan. And when he understood what was going to happen, and he understood when the brothers came, this is what he needed to do. So now he feels, okay, this has been accomplished, and now we go to the next stage of God's plan. Now Yosef cannot endure in the presence of all who stood before him. So he called out, remove everyone from before me. Thus no one stood with him when Yosef made himself known to his brothers. And what Yosef was doing here was really endangering himself because he felt he didn't want his brothers to be embarrassed. Of course, Yosef was a king. There are many courtiers there. There are many officers there. And he didn't want the Egyptians to be present when he confessed to his brothers. So obviously the brothers would feel such shame over what they had done to Yosef, how they had sold him, and now here he is the king. So even though here he was endangering himself, because at this moment, there's 10 very, very strong people on him, but he still did this and was willing to risk his physical harm to protect his brother's dignity. He gave forth his voice in weeping. Egypt heard, and Paris' household heard. Which, of course, Rashi explains this power's household meaning to say the people of the house, not literally the walls, but the people of the household. And Yosef said to his brothers, I am Yosef. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him because they were so shocked and confused before him. They were, and Rashi explains, because of the shame they felt, this is Yosef. It wasn't, it wasn't fear. They understood from Yosef's crying that he loved them and he wasn't going to do any harm to them. But they felt so embarrassed for what they had done that they, they couldn't even open up their mouths. Then Yosef said to his brothers, come close to me, if you please. And they came close. 
And he said, I am Yosef, your brother, me, whom you sold to Egypt. Now Yosef is speaking in a very soft tone, Gishana Eli, which means very, very softly, in a very gentle language. He's saying, come close, don't feel ashamed. And he actually also wants them to come close because he showed them he was circumcised to really prove that, yes, this is truly, 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 truly Yosef. And now, don't be distressed. Don't reproach yourself having sold me here. For the supporter of life that God sent me ahead of you. A supporter to be the supporter of life for you. Meaning not for the Egyptians' lives, but for the, all the Jewish people. For these two years, the hunger years is in the midst of the land, and there are yet five years in which there shall be neither plowing nor harvest. Originally, God had said there would be seven years of hunger. So the past, the other thing, there's five more years to go. We have five more years of this hunger, so God has sent me to support the Jewish people during the next five years of this hunger. Now, actually, those five years of hunger did not happen because when Yaakov came to Egypt, at that point, the hunger actually completely ceased. And God has sent me ahead of you to ensure your survival in the land and to sustain you for a great deliverance. And just to give a little Hasidic depth to this, Vavashrab explains, General, of course, has explained why, why did God do this? This way, this whole crazy, crazy story of, of the brothers having such thought. And the brothers were all very, very godly people, and they truly believed that Yosef was trying to kill them, trying to get rid of them, and they truly judged him as a potential murderer. And when they sold him as a slave. They felt that was the kindest thing they could do to him. And Joseph was 22 years away from his father and 15 years slave and imprisoned. What this whole crazy story happened? I'm sorry, 13 years. Why did, why did this whole crazy, crazy story happen? And, of course, we know that the, the answer our sages give is this was the kindest way God could bring the Jewish people down to Egypt. That because of the covenant between the pieces, between Abraham, between Abram and God, the Jews had to go to Egypt. They had to go through this melting furnace to cleanse out their impurities, to become God's people, to receive the Torah, and to go to the land of Israel. And they needed to go through this purification of the enslavement in Egypt first. And God, in his kindness, instead of bringing them down in chains of iron, like being captured in war or something like that, he brought them down with chains of love with Jacob's love for Yosef, that's what brought him and his entire family to Egypt. But still, you say, come on, God could have thought of something different. <laughs> even if this had to happen, even if Joseph had to be in Egypt and then through that getting, getting Yosef and his family down, it had to be with the brothers. I mean, Yosef could have been kidnapped. Yosef could have been kidnapped. You know, and the whole story could have happened without the brothers having to get dirty in the process. The Bhavshrav explains that this was deliberate design by God, of course. That before Yosef goes to Egypt, as is enslaved in Egypt, and is ultimately the king of Egypt, he's enslaved to his brothers. His brothers take him, and they, they make him ultimately a slave. They throw him in the pit. That's what they want to do with him. They go kill him. That's what they want to do with him. They sell him. They want to do him. They become master over him. Why? Because then he goes to Egypt. And then he also becomes the king of Egypt. But hey, he, 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 he's the brother's slave. Whatever a slave owns, they're owns. So this means that 
even as Joseph is the king of Egypt, he's still, so to speak, subjugated to his brothers, and therefore on a spiritual level, all of Egypt is subjugated to the brothers, which is what God designed so when the Jewish people come down, and the Jewish people will be enslaved by the Egyptians, and the Jewish people will be suffering, not just physically, but of course all the spiritual evil of Egypt, they will be protected. They will be above Egypt before anything even starts. Because all of Egypt is, in essence, their slaves. So this whole plot of God's was not only to bring the Jews down to Egypt, but to protect them from the spiritual dangers of Egypt at the same time. So the Egyptians couldn't rule over them. They couldn't rule over their soul. They couldn't rule over their bodies. Because ultimately, the Egyptians were their slaves. 